Hello, this is Benoit Thangen, your host of the Solar Maverick Podcast. A lot of listeners have reached out to us that they would like to meet us in person. We're actually going to have another exciting event coming up on Tuesday, July 30th from 6.30 to 9 p.m. in downtown Jersey City, New Jersey. It's called the Summer Solar Special, How Solar Technology is Changing the World. We're partnering on this event with Jersey City Tech Meetup. I will be one of the panelists, and I'm the CEO of Renew Energy, and also Suzanne Waters, who's a co-host of the podcast, and she's the vice president of business development at Renew Energy, will also be one of the panelists. We're going to announce very shortly the two other panelists in the solar industry, and Lee Wang, who's also another co-host, will be attending the event. He's the director of marketing at Renew Energy. If you're interested in attending the event, go to meetup.com and look for Jersey City Tech Meetup and the Summer Solar Special, which is happening Tuesday, July 30th from 6.30 p.m. to 9 p.m. in downtown Jersey City, New Jersey. I look forward to seeing you all there. Thank you. The first three months of this year, the U.S. installed 2.7 gigawatts of solar photovoltaic, making it the most solar ever installed in the first quarter of any year. Hello and welcome to the Solar Maverick Podcast, where solar meets entrepreneurship and experience. I'm your host, Benoit Thangen. And I'm your co-host, Lee Wang. Let's get into it. Hello, this is Benoit, your host of the Solar Maverick Podcast. I'm excited to have my co-host, Lee Wang. I'm back. It's been a long time. Lee is the director of marketing at Renew Energy and the founder of MJ Wang Marketing. And he's also the publicist for me as well. We're always looking at different yeah. opportunities. I'm excited to have you. I know you've been itching to get back on the mic. Yeah, I'm well, sorry for the delay for now. You know, things. a lot of things have been going on. So I moved to a new home. I want to share with my listeners that... Benoit and I actually met initially because we lived in the same condominium building, and he was my neighbor, albeit a brief time, but that's how we met each other. And Benoit actually has been really great at advising me through the whole real estate transaction process. He has a lot of experience. He actually was a pretty hard negotiator, if I could share that with, with, with <laughs> the listeners. Sure. That's a good thing. I think that Benoit has a very strong understanding of the real estate market and just understanding when to strike, when to go, when to sell. There's no crystal ball, but he gave me a lot of great pointers in regards to this financial transaction. So I was able to upgrade my home. For those who don't know me, I have a small family, two kids, so they wanted their own room. So I was able to go from a two-bedroom to three-bedroom, stay in the neighborhood. We live in Jersey City. Benoit is still close to me, stay relatively close to everything we like. Benoit has a smart financial mind, and he really cut through the emotional weight of the transaction for me and really helped me focus on what really needs to be done to have a successful deal. And I want to thank you for that, Benoit. Oh, you're welcome. Anytime. I think we all, even myself, when we're doing anything, it's hard to separate your emotions from it, right? Yeah. Because you're so close to it. So any way that I could help in that situation and help you think about the situation rationally and what's the best in your best interest. And by the way, Lee, you've been there as well. Yeah. I've asked for advice for different things. Yeah. And Lee provides great advice and suggestions. So. Well, speaking of that, I, you talked about branding and marketing. And I thought we collaborated very well on this one idea, right? So Benoit 
had a photo op New York Housing Authority roof to get get his photo taken, and he ordered generic white symbolic hard hat, and we wanted to have Renew Energy, Benoit's company, represented in the photo op. So I saw part of the logo that I, re- I really like. And if you've seen the Renew Energy logo, there's a, would you call it a sunburst? or It's a, almost like a sunburst. If you yeah. look at online, it's yeah. basically the sun. And then there's like yeah. green and yeah. blue stripes around it. Right. So we thought that just taking that portion of his logo and putting it on a helmet, and it's funny, we both like football, <laughs> and it's almost like a football helmet. But in a way, the simpler imagery of that rather than having his complete logo stickered onto his helmet would provide, start establishing his brand image with just that insignia. And it turned out really well. I I don't know if anyone's seen Benoit's Instagram post, but I posted just that concept on my Instagram feed and it got a lot of great feedback. But the point is that branding is very important in ways to symbolize your company and get people to recognize sort of like the way Apple does, just certain brand identity elements. I was actually listening to a really great podcast, How I Built This on NPR, talking about the women who founded the fitness chain SoulCycle. And one of the first ways they started to grow was their New York City-based business, Upper West Side. That's where they started, but they started getting their paraphernalia, their clothing, into the hands of top influencers in New York City, and people started seeing this symbol. I think it's a bicycle wheel or or a crank or something like that. It's part of a bicycle. And they said at that time, one day, they won't even have to know that their symbol is... You don't even need the word soul cycle to know that symbol represents soul cycle. And that's something we're starting to do with Renew Energy. We're taking that symbol and we're starting to plant that in the minds and having people recognize that as a standout image that distinguishes us, which I really like. It's just something to think about, but it's just another way that Benoit and I collaborate on ideas like that. And it's a small thing, but it's a huge step forward, I think, for the brand. Yeah, I think it's huge. Lee has really made me more aware of how important branding and marketing is. And I think that idea of just taking the solar part of the logo was a great idea that Lee came up with. Yeah. And, and it's interesting. But So what Lee's talking about it was we completed the initial sort of site assessments for a project that we were awarded with a company called Kinetic Communities and Euclid Training. There are partners to develop a 1.3 megawatt project in Manhattan and Brooklyn for 39 buildings with the New York Housing Authority, NYCHA. So it was interesting. I was on the roofs in Manhattan and Brooklyn And NYCHA residents, when they saw me wear the hard hat, were like, oh, we're getting renewable energy. Oh, we're getting solar. So they clearly could tell based on... That's great. I didn't even hear that. Yeah, I know. It's funny because Lee and I were so busy and we actually talk about a lot of other stuff and we haven't talked about that. And then it was interesting because I posted that video on LinkedIn and we got 2,000 views of it with 55 comments or positive things. And then... 10 comments and a lot of leads actually came from that. It's interesting because Lee was the one who kind of pushed the logo, but then he's also pushing we should also do more videos. Because if you look nowadays, people want videos, they don't want pictures. So I created that video. There's a statistic out there that says that video, I mean, I don't know the exact percentage, but basically video is going to take over the web. It's a short story of it. Obviously, everyone knows they're, they're watching videos. I may have said this before in a previous episode, but it's worth reminding people that if you do create content for your company or brand, video packs a huge punch, not only with engagement, like you're actually speaking to an audience uh, literally, 
but also in search. Always remember that YouTube is actually the number two search engine behind Google. Write your descriptions out when you post to YouTube, really fill it out and put the right categories in there so people can find you. But if you're going to put your effort into one thing content-wise and you can and you feel comfortable, I encourage you to try a video. We still have a long way to go, but we're starting, which I like. Yeah, and we're working on a Solar Maverick YouTube channel. We've gotten a lot of feedback that people would like to see more videos. So obviously we have the podcast yeah. and over time you'll see more videos from yeah. us as well. Which segues well into this week. It's a great week for Renew Energy tomorrow. By the time you hear this podcast episode, the event will be over. But tomorrow night at Hudson Hall is the Renew Energy summer solstice party. And Benoit, you want to just talk about why you have this tradition and the meaning behind it? Yeah, definitely. Summer solstice is in solar energy. It's a big day. It's the longest day of sunlight. Technically, the summer solstice this year is on Friday, but we're having it on Thursday just because it's a lot easier to get people to come. Also, we're celebrating our podcast as well, which is one of the most popular podcasts in solar and all the major podcasting platforms. And Hudson Hall is Thank actually, you all the listeners. Yeah, so without you, it wouldn't be. Yeah, and we appreciate everyone's support of the podcast. This is also an opportunity for people in the solar industry to get together, but then also our listeners as well. We've been asked by listeners whether there are opportunities to meet the team and the people on the podcast. So Lee Wang will be there. Some of our guests from previous episodes will be. So we're trying to have different types of events so that our listeners as well could yeah. meet us in person. And then I'm one of the owners as well of Hudson Hall, which is in Jersey City, New Jersey. It's a Czech beer garden smokehouse. We also want to thank our sponsors for partnering on this event with us. We have four sponsors for this event, which is a great response. The first company is Infinity Energy Services, which is an EPC located in New Jersey. Spano Partners, which is a developer and owner of commercial, industrial, and utility scale projects. Schward Consulting, which is an engineering firm. And CBL Markets, which has a platform basically to trade environmental commodities. Yeah, it's amazing. We also have gotten a few sponsors for the podcast too, but yes. and you know, just talk about briefly run through sponsorship opportunities. And I think one of the keys to why our sponsorships are effective is because of the distinct audience that our podcast reaches. Not so much the mass numbers, although we are proud of our numbers as far as downloads go, but it's more the specificity of who listens to the podcast that makes it powerful. So talk about a little bit about the uh, sponsorship opportunities. Lee did a great job with a media kit that we have that basically goes into the Solar Maverick sponsorship opportunity. Currently, we have actually four sponsors. And so what you'll see is we'll have coming up in the near future, basically sponsored content from our sponsors and what we've found from a lot of our guests and even us as a company Renew Energy is that they've received a lot of leads from it because a lot of the people who are listening within the are people within the industry or within the solar industry. And most of our audience is in the US, but it's a global audience that's listening to it. And, and our guests have gotten leads for different opportunities through it. Yeah, so it's a great opportunity if anyone's interested in sponsoring the podcast and would like to receive the media kit, please email us at info, I-N-F-O at renewenergy.com, R-E-N-E-U, energy.com. Yeah, and one thing we're, we'll be introducing is, as part of that sponsor content, will be a new 
portion of the podcast called the Maverick Minute. And that will be an opportunity for the sponsor to talk about their company and explain a little bit more why. So what we don't want to do is offer a sponsorship opportunity that it's just a commercial or an advertisement. We want to really integrate it into the natural content of the podcast so it's a little bit seamless, but also recognize that it is a paid-for part of the segment, too, so giving it more value, I believe. And as we go, we love more feedback, and as always, we want feedback. We're growing. We actually met last week with our producer, Kevin Y. Brown, who will also be at the Summer Solstice Party if you want to meet him, and he has a company called Podcast Laundry that helps people like us launch podcasts. He's an excellent audio engineer and all-around expert on podcasting and his podcast is called create your life series so you can tune into him and kevin we sat down with kevin and this is always an important thing to do on any creative endeavor is just to refocus we had a brainstorming session we came up with some new ideas that we want to unroll as we go Yeah, definitely. There's a lot of exciting things that are going to happen with the podcast. This podcast wouldn't be here without Kevin, and I really appreciate all his help. His suggestions, he's great to work with. And without me probably being on the Create Your Life series podcast, the podcast probably wouldn't have happened. So I thank you, Kevin, and it's amazing to kind of see the growth of the podcast through that. One important lesson that I learned myself from working with Kevin is that it's worth it if you're really serious about doing something to hire the help that you need. Because without his expertise and skill in audio engineering and making this podcast sound, quite frankly, more professional than what you could do on your own, it's well worth that we've experienced the investment, and especially in time, right? To be honest, launching a podcast is kind of trendy right now, right? So we've had a lot of people say they want to do a try, and we're not going to name names or anything like that, but it's no slight to them, but they found that trying to do it by their own and something they're not very experienced with, it's hard to do. It's a difficult thing, and like anything, hiring the right person or aligning with the right person with the skill set to produce that portion of the collaborative effort is most often going to yield you better results, obviously, if you can afford it. But it's highly advisable. It's worth the investment if you're very serious about it, if it's something you really want to do. Yeah, definitely. And it's amazing if you think about how quickly, I know I've said this in a previous podcast, but the Create Your Life series interview came out September. I did the interview in August of last year. Then we released on November 15th with two episodes. That would have never happened without Kevin and his expertise. And Lee, too. I mean, Lee as well spent a lot of time on it as well, coming up with the strategy. The great hip-hop music that you hear in the beginning is Lee, the podcast art. I didn't, I didn't create the hip-hop music, but I, I selected it. <laughs> he selected yeah. it. But it's so yeah, funny. Yeah. I told uh, Lee, hey, find me like a hip-hop beat. Yeah. And then I listened to it. But we were doing this yeah. pretty quickly. And I'm like, oh, this is perfect. But Noi and I both had our days of our youth in the 90s. So we're very fond of the golden age of hip-hop. So we wanted that soundtrack to be appropriate. Let's launch right into I'm going to skip around here, Benoit, and sure. look, we want to share some of the feedback we got from our listeners, give them a shout out. I'm going to just read back some of the feedback. We have one comment here from Gregory Scarpitti, and he identifies himself as a residential solar intern at IGS, and he says, hi, Benoit, I just started an internship at IGS in the residential solar department last week. I wanted to say thank you for all your insights on the Solar Maverick. The podcast has been very beneficial for me as I begin to learn the industry. Well, shout out to Gregory. Thank you so much. We appreciate that. I'll launch right into another one, Eric Paul, and he's with the Solar Project Origination and MA. 
Benoit, I'm a fan of the podcast. I started listening to episodes over the past week or two. It'd be great to connect. We're actively looking for projects to acquire, particularly Community Solar, and you'd mentioned on the podcast that you help some developers find financing. Thank you, Eric. I appreciate the comments, and thank you for listening. Do you want me to continue to read these other ones, or do you think we should just get into the main? Yeah, portion? let's get into the meat. But I just want to you know, share a little bit that uh, we appreciate the comments, and although those are positive, we actually really appreciate any negative feedback. We haven't gotten much negative feedback, but maybe people are too nice. But <laughs> but we really do. We know we're not. We're still learning the art of podcasting. Benoit, you mentioned one person said we talk a little bit. Too long about sports, but we get carried away sometimes. We're huge football fans, and we'll admit sometimes we get carried away, but that happens, and we're always going to be ourselves because there's no one else to be. So that's another thing. You know, we're going to segue into some things off topic sometimes, but that's because we are true to ourselves. And if you're not going to be authentic, on a podcast, then nothing else will ring true, I feel like. Two cents on that. Yeah, definitely. And Lee and I have hopes of having a sports podcast in the future about football. Yeah. Dream big. <laughs> yeah. Go big or go Yeah. Away. Not that there's enough of a podcast out there. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So, Benoit, we have some events that you'll be participating in coming up. Talk a little bit about that. Sure. I will actually be speaking in July at the Community Solar Power Summit on July 18th of this year. And it's about community solar, about the community solar market in New York. It's called the Market Roundup Community Solar. It'll be in Lee's hometown of Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. I'll be there with our moderator, Amanda Venga, who's with the Coalition of Community Solar Access, and Melissa Kemp, who's with Cypher's Creep Renewables. We've also gotten a lot of feedback that people would like to meet us in person. So we obviously have the Summer Solstice event. Also, another exciting thing is we're partnering with Jersey City Tech Meetup for their solar event, and that will be held on July 30th. And I'll be one of the speakers. And also Suzanne Waters, who's the VP of Business Development and Renew Energy, and she's been on several shows. She will also be one of the panelists as well, and we're working on getting more panelists. So that's like the things in the near future that I will be speaking at. There are a couple other events that are happening later this year that we'll happy to provide that in later podcasts. Yeah, so these are all East Coast events. So if you're on the East Coast, hit us up. Hopefully you can meet us up. We'd love to meet with you in person. It's part of our agenda here at Renew to connect with as many people as we can. And we're always glad to help and talk about solar. Definitely. And if you're enjoying the podcast, please give us a five-star review on iTunes, provide feedback. You could reach us at info at Renew Energy as well. Speaking of solar market, what's the state of the industry right now, Benoit? We see um, Q1. Let's talk a little bit about what's been happening. Sure. SIA, which is the National Lobbying Group for Solar, which we're a member of, just came out with basically the first three months of this year. The U.S. installed 2.7 gigawatts of solar photovoltaic, making it the most solar ever installed in the first quarter of any year. So it's an exciting time. Solar keeps growing exponentially. We keep seeing the cost of solar going down, the efficiencies, panels increasing. Obviously, there's been challenges as well. President Trump put tariffs on panels. Also, the federal incentives are going to be phased down over the next few years. But still, that's an exciting sign that solar is growing exponentially. I talked about the tariffs. Recently, they came out with that bifacial panels are exempt from the tariff. So that's a newer technology that's becoming more cost-effective. So that's exciting to hear. You basically can get solar on both sides, making it more production. So it could make sense in the future. It's a newer sort of technology that's becoming more 
cost-effective. So it's exciting. What's this news with the solar investment tax credit? Obviously, it's been instrumental in fueling this growth that you're describing, but explain to everyone out there what the implications of it are and what the future of it holds. Sure. This podcast is basically the state of the project finance market for solar energy. And this is actually based on a panel that I spoke at two weeks ago. Basically, it was a renewable energy forum that a company called Wilmington Trust created. And it was a basically a panel discussion that I was on. And actually, the first speaker was former Governor Pataki. He was the former governor, basically, of New York. And then we had Brian Thomas, who basically spoke about how data centers are going to be taking so much energy and it's, there's just going to be a rush in how much is being built. And that basically means that there's going to be huge sort of energy needs And then it basically went into a panel that I was on, which was called the State of the Project Finance Market for Renewable Energy. Wilmington Trust had this event. The other speakers was Jesse Grossman, who's the CEO and co-founder of Soltage, William DeMoss, who's executive director at Copenhagen Infrastructure Partners, Catherine McCoy, who's the director of clean energy infrastructure at Capital Dynamics, John Marciano, who's the co-head of global project finance at Aiken Gump, One of the things that we were talking about was the investment tax credit. And basically, there's a step down of the investment tax credit. So right now, from a federal incentive, you have basically a 30% investment tax credit. You have accelerated depreciation, where you could accelerate the solar within five years. And that basically equates to 50% of the project cost is paid for by these federal incentives. But it's going to step down. So basically, this year is the last year that it's going to be at 30%, then it's going to 26% in 2020, 22% in 2021, and then after 2021, it's going to be a permanent 10%. So what we're seeing is that solar companies are trying to build as quickly as possible to qualify for this 30% because it's a huge part of the economics of the project. A lot of, too, what's happening is companies are doing safe harboring. So basically, if you put 5% of the total cost of the project down, usually people are buying panels and they're warehousing it, you would still qualify for that 30% in 2019, even if you're constructing in 2020, if you bought the equipment in 2019. And basically what I'm hearing from other solar installers is, that they're having a hard time finding panels for this year just because there are already so many companies that have brought these panels. So there has been some talk within the government to keep a permanent sort of 30% investment tax credit. There also was actually a bill that was introduced where basically Congress was pushing for a master limited partnership, which is what other fossil fuels basically is their sort of incentive to do projects. It's called MLP. I don't want to go into details about the MLP structure, but that's what basically how fossil fuels are incentivized to get private investment. People think that only renewable energy is the only industry that's getting subsidized within the energy industry from the government, but all are actually getting it through this MLP structure. So that's the long and short answer. So the issue with the incentives going down is that potentially solar might not be as cost effective with the incentives going down. But the, here are kind of some solutions. Yeah. So can you give our listeners some guidance on if they do want to get in now? 
how one would you qualify for, for this credit? Do you have any tips for now if you're just hearing this news and say, hey, better get in before uh, everyone's rushing to it? But any, sure. any tips? Try to move as quickly as possible with these projects. The big step down comes after 2021 when you okay. move from 22% to 10%. Right. There's a good, we're at the middle of 2019, so you have a good two and a half years to try to get a project development, but try to move as quickly through the process. Also, you could save harbor 5%, depending on what year to qualify for it. I think as an industry, we'll figure out how to get around if there's a 10% drop in tax equity, and maybe it actually simplifies transactions where the majority of the transactions not about the tax equity piece. Time will tell. So, Can you explain a little bit more about, for those out there that may not fully understand the terminology, safe harboring, what does that Basically, this 5% safe harboring strategy is basically where you safe harbor equipment. And basically, the most important part of the equipment is usually the panels are the most costly. You have inverters, you have racking. But that's something that you could buy today. And then if you buy today or within 2019, and it's 5% of the total construction cost of the project, which usually the panels are more than that, then you could qualify for this 30% instead of having 26% in 2020. So I don't know if that answers. Yeah, that actually does. Yeah, oh, okay. it, helps, it helps explain what that means. Yeah, sometimes I apologize because I'm so deep in the weeds that I should do a better job of being more That's what I'm here for. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Lee's the solar novice, yeah. but slowly becoming a solar expert exactly. over time. So, so I'll have these obvious questions that may not be so obvious So obvious, yes. Yeah. What else is going on in the industry that you're seeing now, Benoit? This is some of the things that we talked about at the Wilmington Trust Renewable Energy forum that they had, and specifically in my panel, the state of the project finance market for renewable energy. What we're seeing is there's a huge amount of capital coming into the market, which we've talked about in previous podcasts. And basically, we're seeing that the return requirements are getting lower and lower. Basically, for project level IRR, we're seeing like around unlevered project lever IRs around in the 6% range over 20 years. We're seeing insurance companies, pension funds, foreign investors getting involved, which makes so it's hard to find good projects. There's a lot of money out there. We're seeing that companies that are looking for double digit returns, like private equity firms, are coming earlier in the development process. I know we've spoken about this in a previous podcast, which is great. There was a time when there was a lot of good projects and not a lot of financing. I remember when I was at SolarCity Tesla educating pretty sophisticated investors in the U.S. about solar and asset, and it was interesting that they were not comfortable, but now we're seeing a complete change from that. We're seeing also very aggressive pricing where people are willing to price long sort of useful life or residual value to these projects past the contractual sort of period, meaning long-term sort of power contracts so that they could be more aggressive with their pricing. So that's exciting. There's another one too, Opportunity Zone Investment, which we talked about in a previous podcast. If an investor invests in the proceeds of a capital gain in a qualified Opportunity Zone, they're able to defer the tax to own on a capital gain. And then basically after 10 years, 
They don't pay any federal tax on it. So it's like an opportunity that every solar developer is looking at. You know, a lot of real estate developers are telling me, hey, we're developing projects in opportunity zones. Can we pull solar in it? I know before we talked about the NYCHA projects with the New York Housing Authority. They're all in the opportunity zones. Investors still don't know how to quantify it, meaning solar investors, but we're hoping our runway for that project is 2021 that by that time, people should clearly understand it. About six weeks ago, the IRS provided more guidance on it. People are kind of trying to understand that. The other big trend, which Lee's heard a million times about, is the rise of the corporate PPAs. has allowed a lot of development of renewable energy, both wind and solar, and companies having 100% renewable energy goals. Those are kind of the major trends that we're seeing. I think Will DeMoss made a great point at the forum that corporate PPAs are different from your regular PPA. It's a contract of differences. It's not where it's a fixed price and then you pay for the production on site like a normal sort of power purchase agreement. There is some risk related to pricing volatility and then making the corporate off-taker whole on their transactions, meaning they're guaranteed to buy the power at whatever rate you negotiated at, but investors are taking risks that, let's say, if it's not selling at their expectations based on different factors, which I could go into a lot more detail. But for this, really, corporate PPAs have allowed a lot of development of renewable energy. Yeah, one thing that's there's so much to keep on top of as far as this interest goes and I notice we get a lot of comments and feedback from young people who are just starting off in industry. Do you have any resources that you read daily, Benoit, personally, to keep up on the news? Do you have any recommended websites or blogs or um, besides the Solar Maverick podcast <laughs> that, that you would advise people who are just starting off in industry really pay attention to? Yes, PV Magazine, pvmagazine.com has great articles, and then they also have emails as well. I've actually written an article in PV Magazine. You could find it on the Renew Energy website. There's also Renewable Energy World as well. And then I just get so many emails from so many different you parties. You subscribe to a lot of To a lot of, yeah. Right? And by the way, like there's just so much happening, even in the solar industry, for me to keep up with everything. It's amazing how many questions people will ask. And I have to look into it just because it's so unique. And then you have to remember each state has their own unique state policy. Each utility within the state, it's pretty unique as well. So I would suggest PV Magazine, Renewable Energy World, listening to podcasts. I used to do this, and I know Lee does it, is use Google's like top 10 stories in solar. Yep. I think that's also very helpful as well. Like yeah, that's why I really use Google Alerts. I mean, it sounds very basic, but it's surprisingly effective. And you can basically set topics that you're interested in, and Google will send you alerts on news related to things that you set. So it really helps. You know, with so much information overload, it really helps me distill down to the topics that I really need to pay attention to. So, and I get it in my inbox. I can kind of glance over it or dive deeper if it's just something I'm interested in. But when you're in any industry, you got to at least know what experts should at least have a grasp of something or have heard about it and be able to converse about it. Oh, yeah, definitely. That's great. Yeah. We see an article you cited here from utilitydive.com, and it's talking about Congress pushing for storage and renewables to have the same private investment incentives as fossil fuels. 
Do you want to talk a little bit about what that means? Sure. So that's what I talked a little bit about before, where the, this master limited partnership structure, which basically is called an MLP. And this is actually from Utility Dive. So this is actually another great resource is utilitydive.com. And they have like a lot of great information. And basically, master limited partnerships is a way of incentivizing a long-term sort of investment in renewable energy. And it's a way of basically boosting private investment. And I don't know if I should really go into all the details of how it's structured Maybe that's for another podcast mm-hmm. to go into the MLP structure. So that's what that was about, was basically that solar and storage and other renewables, instead of an investment tax credit, it would be treated like other fossil fuels and be part of this master limited partnership. Well, that's great. I think we've covered a lot of great topics this episode. We've gotten a lot of good feedback about discussing books on this podcast because who doesn't appreciate a great read? and Right before we started taping this episode, we were talking about a book titled Relentless. It's by Tim S. Grover. And if you don't know who he is, he's basically the guy best known from training Michael Jordan and Kobe Bryant, Dwayne Wade. I think I believe he even talked about Charles Barkley in this book, but mostly known for Jordan and Kobe. So Benoit recommended this book to me early on. I read it in a few hours. It's really great. Without oversimplifying, he talks about what separates what he calls categorizes as cleaners versus the others. And it's sort of this mentality that you're just so focused on the task at hand that basically you're able to block out everything and, and really accomplish the task. Yeah, definitely. I mean, that's what a cleaner is. And you're not paying attention to everyone else. You're paying attention on how you can improve. And it's a great book. We've recommended other books in the past. Maybe we'll call this the Solar Maverick Book Club. Read the books we recommend. Love to hear what you think about them. Book clubs are always fun. Oprah's not the only one with a book club. So For this book, I don't think you have to be a sports fan for it. I think there are a lot of things that you could take away. And it really talks about mental toughness. And really, that's what differentiates the champions, or what he'll call the cleaners from everyone else, someone who's consistently excellent at something. So my friend actually does not like sports. But I recommended this book, and he said he couldn't put it down. I know Lee's a huge sports fan, but he as well told me like it was just an amazing yeah, book. I, I enjoyed Grover. the stories that Grover told about these athletes. For example, he cites specific anecdotes about this relentless mentality. And you can just adopt part of this and have it benefit your life. I mean, he did admit in the book these people are kind of come off as jerks in a way, but that's part of the mentality. But you don't have to be a jerk to take away some of the great points about being a cleaner. And for example, it's more about this singular focus that takes the person to great achievement. And I remember just to take it out of sports, he related a story of J.K. Rowling, who of course writes the Harry Potter books. She actually had to, I forget which book it was, maybe the seventh Harry Potter book, and she couldn't finish it, so she just packed up everything, and I believe she, if I recall correctly, ensconced herself in a remote village and finished the book, abandoning her family. And he pointed out, you know, some people would have criticized her, but she just had that cleaner mentality to do whatever it takes. She was so driven and passionate about her writing that she finished the book, and that's the type of drive sometimes, the sacrifices you make to achieve great things, and similarly to... 
I'm personally from Philadelphia, and I've had mixed feelings about Kobe Bryant because he does come off publicly as a sort of a jerk. But more I read the book, I grew to respect him a lot more because it was part of his psyche and what made him one of the greatest basketball players ever. So there's a lot of takeaways in this book of just being so focused on achievement and what it takes and also just not caring what other people think or say. And it's focusing on your own achievement. Don't limit yourself. Get out of your own way. I think it's funny because Michael Jordan, I grew up in the Jordan era of greatness. And one of the funniest stories was that Michael Jordan, every time Phil Jackson and the rest of them, they go over to game plan, break down the opponent, Jordan would just go and I think he, he sat in the other side of the room because he just believed that it didn't matter what his opponent was doing. If he focused on himself and what he could do, he would come out on top. And it certainly, he proved that by his results. So it's an important lesson. Yeah, definitely. I think it's huge. It's not paying attention to other people. It's about being the best person that you could be. You're competing really with yourself and not with other people. Lee, I will actually read a quote that you put on Instagram. And by the way, I love this quote before you put it. Your competition is in other people. It's your procrastination, your ego, your untapped potential, the unhealthy food, the lack of sleep, the self-doubt, compete against that. That's what you're competing against, really. I do like Instagram of all the social media. There's a lot of self-affirmation quotes that people post every day. But for some reason, when I read that one, it really struck me, that quote. It's like, this part, your own laziness is a big deal. Like, we're all guilty of just like, straight to the point, we're lazy sometimes. And it's like, just push that extra 5%. And that's actually funny that you say that, but Benoit and I are both very into working out and physical training, right? Whatever that is. And I advise people to do that because what that does, it, it helps you overcome your laziness in other aspects of your life. Just pushing yourself physically is really conditions yourself to have more energy. Like literally that translates into you're producing more energy for yourself by exercising, but that really helps me personally push myself and overcome lazy. You got to be self-aware enough to know when you're dogging it and pushing it through. And, and a little bit, pushing it through at certain time periods and intervals adds up. And it's not like we all deserve a break and we reward ourselves, but push through. That's one of the lessons that I learned from Relentless in that quote in certain people. But it sounds kind of hokey. Sometimes you're like, oh, you know, you're just you're stating the obvious. But sometimes stating the obvious is one thing, but actually doing it while you're in the moment and not falling in temptation to be lazy. But half the time when there's a task that's hard to do, once you start doing it, it's not so bad. You get into it, right? Yeah, definitely. I yeah. agree. Yeah. So I think that's a great way to end this episode. Again, feedback, opinions are always welcome. Rate us. Good, bad, negative, but always five stars. No, that's just <laughs> Only five stars. Yeah. <laughs> five stars. Yeah, exactly. Well, thank you, Lee, for another great episode of the Solar Maverick Podcast. We appreciate all the listeners' support, and we'll talk to you soon. Thank you. Thanks. Thank you so much for listening. If this content is delivering value to you, please go to iTunes and Stitcher Radio and leave us a five-star review. That helps us build this community, and that's what we're all about right now, building this community as big as we can to deliver as much value as we can. 